0: Hey, welcome. It's episode 350 of the Keto Diet Podcast. I'm so happy that you're here. My name is Leanne. I blog over at healthfulpursuit.com. I'm a functional blood chemistry specialist, and I'm so excited to chat with you today about fertility, keto, and hormones. Our guest today is Lauren Crotter, who's diet and lifestyle coach who helps people identify and implement life-changing food and wellness strategies so they can live healthier lives. Lauren earned her bachelor's degrees in health sciences and nursing from Purdue University and has experience working in functional medicine using diet and lifestyle as medicine. Lauren also owns and operates her photography business Love Leon with her husband and beautifully showcases weddings and families in intimate settings. You can check out Lauren and all her details using the links in today's show notes. And I hope you really enjoyed today's episode. Hey, I'm Leanne Vogel. You're listening to the Keto Diet Podcast. I've created a free guide with tips on how to start keto and maintain your fat-fueled life. Grab it at healthfulpursuit.com slash free as a little thank you for listening to the show. Hi, Lauren. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm so good. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So I'd love for you to just say in your own words, who you are, what you do, what you're passionate about. Just give us a lowdown on who Lauren is.
1: Oh my goodness. Okay. So I'm Lauren. I live in the Midwest and I'm an RN. I also run our photography business and I'm a mom to
0: our baby girl named Birdie. That's amazing. And you sound very busy. How do you have time for life? Like... (laughs) That's a lot of things. No, I am
1: not practicing like in the hospital right now. So right, I'm just using my knowledge that I gained throughout the years to do some private ketogenic coaching so that that's from home. And I can do that while she sleeps, while she nurses, I can do all that. And then with photography, we've taken less like weddings and do more families. And so shooting is shorter and a lot of it can be done at home too during nap time. And so I'm really, really blessed to be able to do a lot of it from home.
0: That's amazing. And so you are an RN, but you also have a functional medicine approach. How do the two go hand in hand? And what do you find is contradictory? Or do they feed into one another? Can you just explain what your process is and kind of how you came about this?
1: So it was my own health journey that led me to functional medicine like as a patient. And so I was still practicing at the time. I think it was an actual surgery. I got a surgery nurse circulating in the OR and I was seeking functional medicine for my own health and it just, it didn't align and it made the job really hard. But I didn't believe in it for myself, like giving that kind of Care just it felt really contradictory and really hard, and you know we need surgeons and anesthesiologists and texts for certain things. You know, there's a time and a place I think for it. But uh, what I was doing was a lot of orthopedic, and so there wasn't any conversation about how we got there or how to back up. And so I ultimately left, and that's when I started our photography business. And then when I jumped back into nursing, it was at a functional medicine office here in Indiana. And I worked under a doctor, a nurse practitioner, and some naturopaths. So in my couple of years there, I learned so much. And we can back up in that. But yeah, I started teaching and coaching patients with a ketogenic diet there. So that's kind of how I landed there.
0: I've just about completed the FDN, Functional Diagnostic Nutrition Course. (laughs) Many of you have been asking me whether or not getting into functional health and running a functional health business is worth the effort. When I started studying nutrition back in 2007, I had zero interest in making it a full-time job. I just wanted to learn about health so I could help myself. Three paperback books, 21 plus digital programs, and over 400 podcast episodes later, I was like super mistaken. (laughs) Looking back, I wish I'd chosen my first program wisely. When I graduated from CSNN in 2008, I did not feel equipped to work with clients. I hear this about many programs out there today. They're super rich in knowledge, but really poor in delivering the resources and tools that students need to develop a thriving business. I only wish FDN would have been my introduction to the functional health world. Functional Diagnostic Nutrition sets up their graduates for success and gives them the ability to build their own thriving full-time practice after certification. Going through the course material as somebody who has been actively involved in the field of nutrition for over 14 years, with a lot of struggle there in the beginning to figure out how to actually like help my clients, I quickly realized that FDN graduates do not face this same struggle. Plus, you get to be your own first With five lab screenings included in the cost of your tuition and over 12 hours of one-on-one mentorship, you will learn to walk the talk as a practitioner so you can improve your own health while in turn learning how to help others. And that's really where the gold is. FDN Thoroughly delivers a program that gets somebody who is brand new to nutrition up and going with confidence. I wish I'd found this program when I first started. If you're looking to get into the field, set up your own business with success and turn your love of nutrition into a full-time job of helping others, you can go to healthfulpursuit.com FDN. That's healthfulpursuit.com FDN for more information. And as always, the links will be in the show notes. That's great. And okay, so let's rewind. I wanted to definitely set the stage there because it is such a unique thing. And I am seeing, you know, I've chatted with a lot of RNs lately and NPs and, you know, people in the field of medicine starting to see that. They're working on clinical work and there's so much subclinical work that can happen. So your story is just so incredibly wonderful. And it sounds like it was sparked from your own experiences with your health. So I'd love to backtrack to your your early 20s, what went on there, like the cascade of craziness. Tell us what you've been through, sister. (laughs) Cascade
1: is a good word. So I was graduating from college with my first degree in health sciences and jumping into an accelerated nursing program and getting married which hindsight don't do that. So I at the time, I don't know, ignorance, just going with the flow. I was 22, you know, you just do what people do and I went on birth control because we weren't ready to start a family. We were both in college. I think my husband was making like $75 a month or something being an RA. We were like, this is not the time to have children. So I went on birth control without thinking very much about it. And I think I was only on it for three to six months and I was in accelerated nursing school and did not feel well, just felt like crap. And so I just decided to take myself off and eliminate birth control from the equation. And... My cycle didn't come back. So six months went on and I still didn't have a cycle. We actually thought we were pregnant, but ultimately I was at that time at 22 diagnosed with first, I think they first tagged it as hypothalamic amenorrhea. And the first reproductive endocrinologist that I saw literally told me to go do yoga. And Yeah, I think you just said, you know, you just need to go relax, go relax and do some yoga. So since that first opinion, obviously I sought more and I dove into my own research. I was bound and determined to figure things out. And what actually happened was birth control, which I need to look up the percentage that this happens to women, but like it threw me into premature menopause. So birth control, the job of it is to shut the ovaries down, as you know, and it shut mine down and put them to sleep and they never woke back up. And it happens But doctors and their drugs. They just, they didn't want to say that or believe that, but ultimately that's what happened. And so I was 22 then and faith has always been a huge part of our life. And so we, obviously I saw Doctors and the next step was I saw actually a chiropractor, um, which kind of is part of the story. But we also did a lot of praying. So we did a lot of praying for healing over about eight or nine years. And as we were praying, I started to change my diet. Like, oh, maybe what I'm putting in my mouth matters. And the first, uh, chiropractor told me to go gluten-free and I was like, okay, you know, we'll start there. And so it kind of went from gluten-free to whole 30 to a paleo lifestyle. And then Leanne I actually done your work. And so my paleo lifestyle went to a ketogenic lifestyle. So that's the progression of, you know, seeking doctors to chiropractors to more natural medicine using diet. And then I landed on a ketogenic diet.
0: That's amazing. And just the whole birth control thing just gets me everyone's story. Like if I really get into it and allow myself to feel, I'm going to (laughs) cry because so many women don't understand what they're doing and there is not informed consent at all.
1: No, don't get like, I get riled up. So yeah, I feel the same about synthetic birth control, synthetic hormones. And I mean, I can come to peace now with like my story and everything that's transpired and I'm no longer bitter and angry, but it's devastating. It was devastating to my health and, you know, for the rest of my life, honestly. So it's something that I really try to advocate for.
0: Same. I had a menorrhea for eight years because of hormonal birth control and, you know, taking on clients again and filling up my calendar. I like forgot how common hormonal birth control was. And I'm chatting with these clients and I'm saying like, why did you go on birth control? And it's rarely for actual birth control. It's like, my skin was bad. My periods were irregular. My periods were bad. It was painful. I decided to go on this, that, and the other thing, but they don't know what's happening. And so I love more than anything, having other women on the show to talk about their experience. Will your experience be everyone's experience? No not at all. I'm sure. I hope not, but I think we need to understand what we're putting in our bodies. And I love that you are brave enough to share that because I think when it comes to periods and hormones and giving birth and fertility, it's a very private issue and there can be a lot of shame around it. So thank you for sharing.
1: Yeah, you're welcome. There is a lot of shame and It's super private and really vulnerable, but what would it be for me to not say, you know, like this happened and I, I don't want this for anyone. So yeah, welcome.
0: Now, when it comes to hypothalamic amenorrhea, do you feel like it's one of those like basket diagnosis, like uh, IBS, where it's like, we don't know what's wrong with you. Hypothalamic amenorrhea. I'm starting to feel that way.
1: Totally. They slapped that diagnosis on me because it was easy for them and legitimately, I think it was the same doctor or maybe another one to like, this is your diagnosis. Come back to me when you want to get pregnant. He said, I'll drain your bank account, but I'll try to make it happen. And there was no instruction about anything like the root cause. Where do we go from here? What about all of my hormones hormone, you know, bioidentical hormone replacement therapy? What about my thyroid? We can get into that. It obviously affected my whole HPA axis and yeah, nothing. Come back to me, kid, when you want to get pregnant.
0: What I got. I got the same thing. I got the exact same message. Come back to me when you want kids and we'll figure it out and it'll cost a lot of money, but we'll make it happen. Like I just, I can't. So (laughs) you mentioned HPA access. Could we get into a little bit of what that is? You said it and people are like, what did she just say? So can we go into a little bit about what that is?
1: Yeah. Hypothalamic pituitary adrenal. So obviously so interconnected with your ovaries or your sex hormones too. And so... Years I was undiagnosed hypothyroid because nobody was like thinking about all of the hormones and the axis and that they're all together. And so you'll hear the term adrenal fatigue or you know hypothyroid, and I was so tired and I wasn't sleeping well, you know, all the things. And so finally, I saw. where I worked, I was also treated. And so I was able, it was kind of really nice, able to kind of dig into some of this stuff with my providers and finally started going down the route of the thyroid health and it's the master gland. It's huge. So I went, went on all sorts of thyroid replacement, trying to get my numbers in a therapeutic level, get my energy up, you know, all of the more natural Desiccated thyroid hormones we tried. We tried some T3 with synthroid. I we tried it at Armor, Nature Thyroid, MP thyroid. You probably know all of them. I maybe missed some, but we tried them all. And I actually ended up going. We ended up going to Germany. We moved overseas for a couple of months in the midst of all of this. And so I didn't have access to medical care over there while we were there because it was a pre existing condition. It was an emergency. And I knew that I knew that I knew that I was super hypo and there was nothing I could do.
0: So, are you familiar with Paul Robinson? I'm not. I'm just imagining you being in Germany, super hypo with no medications and no help. No, I've not heard of them. (laughs) That was me.
1: So we traveled to different countries on the weekends because you're in Europe. You're like, I must go everywhere. So we would fly out or take a train on a Friday, come back on like a Monday morning for him to work. And I was just like traveling Europe, espresso shot, from a special shot from a special, just trying to make it. And so during the week I was just pretty shot. And so I dove into Paul Robinson. You'll have to, maybe you'll get to talk to him. He, I think he's based in the UK and he wrote a couple books about a reverse T3 issue that you can and I know was familiar with this. Calculate your reverse t three ratio and use t three only treatment to kind of like dig yourself out of the hole. So I read a couple of his books along with a bunch of thyroid books while I was there, I got back to the u s and I found a nurse practitioner and friend that helped me to I took myself off of all of the thyroid stuff and I started working with cytomel or t three only. And I finally, for the first time and probably, nine years, I dug myself out of a reverse T3 issue and started to feel human again.
0: I couldn't even imagine how that would have felt before you were medicated. Like I have a bad thyroid too. Hypothalamic amenorrhea will do that. And if I go A couple of hours, I just forget my medication in the morning. My husband can tell. He's like, did you take your thyroid this morning? Because I'm a completely different human. I feel like a lot of people in the health space either are afraid of medication or avoid medication. They feel like it's shameful or unnecessary to take certain medications. What would you say about that as it relates to your thyroid? (laughs)
1: And I mean, a normal person has thyroid T4 and T3 running through their veins at all hours of the day. It's so important. So it's like, if your body isn't making it or if your body isn't converting it, like in my case, it wasn't taking the T4 and converting it to the active form of thyroid. So it's like, by all means, like there's a time and a place for medication. I wouldn't be alive without it. So I'm so thankful for that. And I'm thankful just for all the people who have dedicated their lives to figuring this out, as you know, it's so undiagnosed and it's undertreated. And I was on thyroid medication, but it wasn't doing anything for me, you know, cause my body wasn't using it. And so, yeah, I definitely think there's stigma around it, but also there's a time and a place for
0: medicine. And I'm really thankful for it. keto flu, impossible fasting symptoms that stop you mid-fast, cravings at any hour of the day, or feeling off after a sweaty workout. These are some of the signs that you're low in electrolytes. When I first started keto, I made all of the mistakes. One of the biggest ones was not supplementing with electrolytes. And still, seven years into keto, I often forget how essential electrolytes are. Honestly, it's easy to forget to take electrolytes because, well, a lot of them don't taste very good or work very well. Enter Element, the most delicious, well-balanced electrolyte powder I've personally tried like ever. Add to water and enjoy any time of day. These electrolytes are salty, as they should be, quenching your thirst and hitting the spot. And the best part, when you head to drinklmnt.com KDP, you'll receive a free, Element sample pack. You only pay $5 for shipping. The sample pack includes eight packets of Element that includes two citrus, two raspberry, two orange, and two raw unflavored. Go to d-r-i-n-k-l-m-n-t.com Forward slash KDP for your free sample pack. I love Element and I really think you're going to too. Again, that's drinkelement.com forward slash KDP to get your free sample pack. And if you don't love it, they will refund your $5, no questions asked. And that's why it's so important. You know, I, I chat with people and they say, well, my doctor put me on Synthroid. They said we'd follow up in a year. I'm like, no, 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 no. Like you need to be testing like in 30 days and then like maybe in 60 days. And if that's going good, maybe in 90 days, like you really need to check this thing. And also too, with the conversion, I don't think a lot of people understand that T4 inactive hormone has to convert to T3. Where does that happen? In the liver and the gut. So if your liver is not working optimally, which I mean, I don't know a human whose liver is perfect. If your gut isn't working optimally, I would say of my clients, probably 80% of them have parasites or some sort of abnormal growth that shouldn't be there. Your thyroid is going to be affected. And if your liver is not functioning properly, you will see it in your thyroid numbers. So this stuff is all connected. And it's not just what I want people to hear from today's episode is not just get on thyroid and it'll make your life better. It's all interconnected. And this happened because of one thing, plus a multiple of other things that all cascaded into a bunch of things. And I'm sure that you experienced that in your own experience where it wasn't just, okay, well, put a bandaid on that. Now we're good to go. Was it multifaceted as to what you had to do to get to the place where you are today?
1: Well, at the time it's like T3 only treatment isn't it's kind of last ditch effort it's not like for everyone it's not recommended it's kind of like hopefully this is short term kind of thing and we can get into this for me it was like yes like I know I need to do this right now for myself and not that it was a band-aid but it was hopefully a short-term thing because t3 is short acting and I have to take it three times a day every day which just not ideal, you know? So at the time it was definitely, yes, like let's do this treatment short-term, but (laughs) fast forward, I think it's been two years, maybe three that I'm still on T3 only. And it's because I went into, once we finally got my thyroid up and I was like, oh, I, you know, I feel so much better. My health overall is better. I felt permission and also just like a readiness to start fertility treatment so like i don't know how much you want to go into that but with fertility treatment and pregnancy and breastfeeding it's like i haven't really had a chance to rock the boat because like it's working it's happening you know and so you just recently had
0: a thyroid expert on your show what's his name oh gosh I have no idea. You know what? It's funny. Like people ask me (laughs) who's been on your podcast. What episode are you on? And I record in batch files where I do like 12 to 20 recordings in like three days. I don't know. Oh, actually I do know Michael Rutherford. That's who it is. Yes. So
1: anyways, I was
0: listening to him
1: and thinking like, As soon as, whenever my daughter weans, whenever she's done breastfeeding, I get to work on my gut again. So I'm suspicious of SIBO and just with my background, I think that's what's going on. It's often caused from like everything that you're on in fertility treatment and then pregnancy and childbirth. It's just kind of like a wild ride for your body and it's pretty stressful on your body. So anywho, I... The plan is once I'm done breastfeeding to be able to work on my gut. And then I would love to get back on a blend of T3 and T4.
0: That's amazing. And something that I'm learning with SIBO is that it's not just SIBO. (laughs) It's generally parasitic or mycotoxins or heavy metals or something that's causing the SIBO, not that SIBO is root cause stuff. And so I often tested for SIBO and we'd be like, yep, you got SIBO, let's put you on this protocol. You'll be good to go in three to six months. And then after a year, they'd come back to me with SIBO. And I'd be like, are you kidding me? Like we tested, you were negative, it's all good. And now I'm starting to find through functional blood chemistry is that the SIBO was not the problem. And through the patterns in the lab work, it's like parasites or mycotoxins or heavy metals. So it might be fun to kind of see I'd be interested for you to come back on the show later and be like, what'd you find?
1: <laughs> yeah, Parasite's fun. No, I expect all of the above, like who knows what's causing it. I just know that I can't treat it while I'm breastfeeding. And so it's fine. It's okay. I'm like just dealing with the symptoms right now. just because I feel so thankful and so honored that my body is breastfeeding. I just, it is okay. That's how I feel.
0: Isn't that crazy? So, we were talking about in your 20s where you don't have a period. Your doctor says that you have hypothalamic amenorrhea. Turns out you have early menopause and now you're breastfeeding. Like, <laughs> that's incredible. That is incredible. It's
1: a miracle. And we don't really know. Like, so we went through fertility treatment to have Birdie her name. And I think that there was a part of me, I was holding my breath obviously through the whole pregnancy because it was all high risk and all we really knew was loss and disappointment. And so pregnancy was super rough up until about 24 weeks. And even then, and through all of it, I was just holding my breath, especially for nursing. I was like, if I was in premature menopause prior to this, like there's a really good chance my body is not going to have what it needs to breastfeed. And so I, I prayed a lot about it. I worried a lot about it and I kind of held it loosely and just decided like, you know, like whatever we have to do, we'll do like we have to buy donor milk. You know, I just kind of prepared myself for whatever happened. And first of all, Birdie got here and she was perfect and she went through a seamless natural labor and it just has been the biggest blessing angel gift since the moment she came out of me and um, yeah, I ketogenic throughout all the pregnancy and breastfeeding, I guess I should add all of that in and my body's making enough and then some milk. I've actually fed another baby. So my body's doing it.
0: That's incredible. Like, I think, you know, as a young woman who had hypothalamic amenorrhea for so long, who is told over and over and over, you're never going to have children that starts to just set in and you kind of lose hope. And for a lot of us, we never even try. And so I think for those listening who are completely discouraged by where they're at, that's so incredibly encouraging and wow. Just wow. That's so great. I'm so happy for you.
1: <laughs> I knew I had to try. And we went in and decided that we knew that I had to be brave enough to break my own heart. And I, I knew that going in. And gosh, if I can tell anyone, like, do it, try. If it's a desire of your heart, try.
0: That's beautiful. And before you said that you were keto all through your pregnancy and breastfeeding. And so that's a little interesting. Um, (laughs) It's not something that I'm willing to do with my clients, but if I were to get pregnant tomorrow, I would totally be keto. Uh, What has been your experience with that? What did you notice throughout your trimesters? Like fill us in. Back up, I went through like a natural
1: childbirth class that really encouraged prioritizing proteins. I was like, check. We got that. And I was working with a midwife, was super open to me kind of doing things differently and questioning. The norm and yada yada. So I kinda just did my own thing and I didn't really ask anyone's permission and I did a lot of research and saw that other women have done it. And it's the diet that got me pregnant, first of all. It's the diet that I feel my best. It's what some would call the proper human diet. It's just whole real food. It's meat and healthy fats and nuts and seeds and vegetables and fruit. And so I um was gung ho. And then I think it was like at six or seven weeks, I started getting so sick and I was like, Oh no, like I cannot, I can't eat meat. I can't eat vegetables. Like I could not, my husband was cooking his steak outside and eating it outside because I like couldn't even smell it. And so I got really creative for the first, about 16, 20 weeks. I stayed at what you would say low carb or ketogenic, but I, you know, I made my own bread, I ate a lot of nuts and seeds and there are certain products that if you're interested, if anyone's in- interested, I can share that really saved me. So I was, I still felt like I was nourishing my body, even though I wasn't eating normally by any means. And then when I hit 20 weeks, I just started eating like I did. We really eat meat and vegetables and I was craving burgers and steak and chicken wings. And my husband was totally taking advantage of that. And I, I don't know, I, the rest of my pregnancy was super smooth. And since then I would say breastfeeding, I'm even lower carb, um, with SIBO symptoms. I just really need to be, you know, the more vegetables you eat, the worse things kind of get. So I'm probably even more so keto carnivore now. But what's interesting is I didn't gain as much weight as I maybe should have along the way. And I say should with air quotes. I guess people don't look at this, do they?
0: Oh, they do. Yeah, you're good. They'll see this. I've done air quotes like four times. Should air quotes for those just listening. (laughs) different times. It's like,
1: who are we comparing me to? Are we comparing me to someone on the standard American diet? You know, are we comparing me to someone else? Diet, no diet. Like, you know, we're all bio individuals. So there were, there were some conversations about, about that, but like, I'm just a small girl and my midwife was so supportive. She never like fear mongered me. The baby was growing wonderfully the whole time. And they definitely watched me. I just, I wasn't gaining a ton of extra fat. And that's not the norm, I would say. It's the opposite is usually the issue. And um Brady popped out and she was seven pounds nine ounces. Which that's is perfect. Pretty big actually.
0: So <laughs> she had everything she needed. That's amazing. I think if I came home and told my husband that all I wanted was meat forever, he'd love me more. I'm sure. I'm sure he would. <laughs> yes, I think he did. <laughs> it's so true. Like steak and burgers and chicken wings. Oh my goodness. That is his dream. So you mentioned that you do coaching. What's it like being a woman of faith? Cause you mentioned prayer and how important that is for you being a woman of faith in this industry that, you know, now being a Christian is like, there are some things that just, how do you do it? Like, how do you set up your practice? How do you continue to love the Lord and do what you do? Well, I think you're doing an amazing job of that. Thank you.
1: (laughs) It's so evident. And I have loved following that journey. And... Yeah. Your testimony. I just, I feel like you, you partner all of it so well and you don't shy away from saying the name of Jesus, which is pretty amazing. And I don't know. I think for me, it's, I don't have the platform that you have. So it's maybe not as challenging, but when we work together, I mean, we are treating our bodies as a temple and we're honoring God with our bodies and we're nourishing our bodies. And like, I feel like people have come from such a place of hating their bodies and, you know, destroying them and being so unkind to them that I feel like it's, it's really, and probably you agree really easy to marry, like what the Bible has to say and what God has to say about us with how we treat it and nourish it. So I feel like that's a really easy part. It probably would be harder if someone didn't have any, um, belief in how, you know, God felt about them and loved them so much and cared for them so much, because I feel like, It's really, in my opinion, easy and wonderful to nourish your body with the foods that it loves. In life <laughs> and responsible too, you know?
0: Yes, completely. I think now understanding how much God loves us and how he provided all these tools for us to feel our best and so that we could go out into the world to do the things that we need to do to bring glory to him. You know, I think that's one of my most favorite things. I work with some Christians and other women are not Christians and I try to, you know, respect that and I don't want to be pushy or anything like that. But for the women that are Christians, it is such an amazing feeling to get to work with a Christian woman who understands how much God loves her. And she's so frustrated with her body and to get her to a place where she's able to show up better for her mission and just where she needs to be to bring glory to God is just like, are you kidding me? This is the coolest job ever.
1: <laughs> there isn't anything better. Cause like when you can be freed up to stop thinking about yourself, whether you're thinking positive things about yourself, negative things about yourself, You're still wrapped up in yourself. But Mm -hmm. if you can be free to that and like free to serve, free to love, free to give, you know, have energy to give. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. And I just worked with a client and like that was like her main mission going into working with me, she wanted, she wants to be on a mission. She wants to like kind of get out of her own way. And I just, i real, I'm real proud of her. I think that she's done that. And I mean, it's a long journey. It's not, you know, your clients only work with you for so long, but it's a forever journey.
0: I really hope you're enjoying today's episode. I'd love to see where you're listening from. You can snap a pic and tag me at Leanne Vogel or leave a review for the show on your favorite podcast player. It helps me out tremendously. Okay, back to the good stuff. It's so true. And I'm glad that you mentioned that because I think it can be really easy to like pick up our phones and look on Instagram or wherever and be like, oh, she's so happy. And it was so easy for her. And, you know, through my work and I'm sure through yours also, just I really don't want anyone to think that life has been easy or that it just happens like this. And all of a sudden, you have this perfect body and this perfect health. I mean, my health is still not ideal. I'm dealing with a couple of things that have been around for a very long time. And we're talking 15 years, like where I really started taking it seriously. And as you learn more and as you understand your body more and you're learning more things or you're working with a coach and you unravel certain things, I mean, ultimately, Like what you were saying before, it's this balance and this tension, I think we all carry of wanting to care for our bodies, but not become self-obsessed. And like, it's the only thing that's important to us and this drive to constantly be better. It's like, I think we need to come to this realization sometimes that it's good enough. And that's something that I've definitely tried to get better at is like, it's good enough right now. I know I have some things I need to work on, but I can still serve. I can still do these things regardless of what might be going on with my health. Would you agree?
1: Yeah, totally. And I'm, I totally agree. Like I know that I have some things going on and it's good enough. Like my body's making breast milk. Great. Like we're good, it's good enough, but yeah, it's a journey. It's a progression I think. And it's not linear, so it'll change in different seasons for sure.
0: Yeah, completely. So tell us about your coaching. How can people work with you? What's it like to work with you? Like tell us more. Yeah.
1: So I've worked with some men, but mostly women focusing on
0: hormones,
1: getting off of birth control and regulating, you know, regulating cycles, working on PMS, making sure your thyroid's in check. So it's very, it's very focused hormonally because it, you know, how much that matters, but also a lot of people's goal is weight loss. And so we work on that. That's a goal, but it works on like, it looks like daily communication, mostly through text messaging, but we have a consult to kind of just determine like lifestyle and goals and then work together for a month at a time. Um, I think that I gave you a link to my website that you can just email me at. Yeah. And we can kind of determine if we're a good fit, but it really is, in my opinion, the best job.
0: Amen to that. Oh my goodness. It's so true. Yes, I will include the link to your coaching in the show notes. If you guys don't know where that is, you can look below if you're watching this on YouTube, or there's usually an icon somewhere in the podcast app where you can search for show notes. And if you're totally confused and don't even know what I'm talking about, you can go to ketodietpodcast.com and look for episode 350 and the notes will be all right there. Lauren, Thank you so much for coming on the show today and just sharing your story and your passion and your love for Jesus and just all of the things. Thank you.
1: Thanks so much for having me. I mean, I've been listening to this podcast for how many years? Have you had it? Uh, Four, five. Well, I've been listening for five years. So thank you so much for continuing to do it. And I might have to skip this one, but I never do. I listen every Sunday morning. and I'm just really thankful for what you've put out and your dedication to um, helping others too. So thanks so much, Leanne. If people do want to find me on Instagram, which is easier maybe, it's loveleanne.co.
0: And I'll include that in the show notes also. <laughs> Lauren, thank you so much for coming on.
1: Yeah, thank you. See you,
0: Leanne.